Hello and welcome to Great Takes, Less Filling by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me is U Street. Hey y'all. And this is your very special NCAA Tournament edition of Great Takes, Less Filling. The Gophers are back in the NCAA Tournament. Alright, so let's talk. So we got the Gophers uh, as a 10 seed in the East region facing off against number 7 Louisville. Uh, in Des Moines, um, get some quick thoughts going here. Uh, my initial quick thought is: Thank God, Rick Pitino is not at Louisville anymore. Well, for sure. Though to be fair, if Rick Pitino was still at Louisville and Minnesota was playing Louisville, that would mean that likely Minnesota was either a much worse seed or a much uh, or something very strange had happened at Louisville for them to be at seven. True. I'm just. Well, actually, you know what? I, I say this as though they won't somehow be able to come up with a Patino storyline, but then they'll just waste their time on the, well, his dad used to coach their storyline, something feels like. This and the fact that it is in Des Moines strike me as the primary reason why Minnesota is a 10 seed, because, and specifically facing off Louisville as the 10 seed, both because the second round matchup were Minnesota to win would be facing the winner of Michigan State and Bradley. And while it's certainly plausible that Bradley will upset Michigan State, it's not very plausible. And if Minnesota upsets Louisville that sets up a Big Ten matchup in the second round which normally the NCAA tournament committee has tried to avoid doing very early if I look in the Midwest bracket which admittedly starts in Jacksonville because nothing about this tournament makes any sense whatsoever Seton Hall at number 10 could easily have been substituted in which would have allowed Minnesota to face an SEC opponent in this case likely Kentucky as opposed to Michigan State in the second round also, taking a look at the 8-9 line, Oklahoma somehow is a 9, which makes no sense whatsoever, though I'm sure its justification is the net ranking, which of course also makes no sense whatsoever. And while I don't necessarily know that Minnesota deserved or did not deserve a 9 or whatever, that would have been another place that you could have easily slotted Minnesota in in order to avoid the matchup of two Big Ten teams in the second round, if that was something you were particularly concerned about. I'm a big fan of the Midwest bracket having, uh, if I'm not mistaken, just Ohio State as the only Big Ten team in the mid- in the Midwest bracket. I'm scanning to make sure I'm not crazy. I am not crazy. There is a Midwest bracket where an 11 seed is your only Big Ten representative in a Midwest bracket. That just feels a little off as well. That is correct. Also, it's odd to me that Jacksonville is represented in two different brackets the east as well as the midwest Uh, this is true for you know the general regional sites and it would strike me that a fairly simple way of doing that would not have a bunch of different people going to different regions but then again nothing about the ncaa tournament makes any sense whatsoever as opposed to general television rights and corruption so there we are (laughs) all right so minnesota's a 10 uh they're in des moines which uh, i guess the one positive would be if you're uh, a Minnesota fan so inclined to go to the NCAA tournament, Des Moines, you know, likely going to be a pretty easy drive for you since I, um, you know, our stats suggest that most people who listen to this are coming from the great state of Minnesota. Um, I don't know. So Louisville is a matchup, Street. What do you what do you think of Louisville? Offhand, it's not a great matchup, to be honest. Uh, They're a good offensive team. They're a very good defensive team. Tempo is roughly the same. They're uh, outstanding in preventing opponents from getting a particularly high effective field goal percentage, 20th 
in the nation on that regard. They don't foul tremendously often on defense either. So if you're the University of Minnesota, you are facing a team that is pretty good in a half-court defensive set that does not foul very often. That is not tremendous. That has not often been a matchup that is good for Minnesota. The major players for Louisville, uh, Jordan Nora, uh, who's from Buffalo, New York. He's a sophomore, 6'7", 225, and fantastically good at the game of basketball. This year, he's shooting 76% from the free throw line, 37% from three, but he takes about six of them a game. And he also takes uh, 15 shots, 13 to 15 shots in general, depending on uh, depending on how excited he is to get looks on offense. <laughs> I would suspect that he's probably going to be covered by Amir Coffey in this game, so you'll get an interesting matchup of two sort of very long, lean players. In addition to that, though, Louisville has size. They've got several players who are 6'8 or above. They have a forward and a center who play pretty major minutes who are both 6'10. So there is a lot of length on this team. There's a lot of size on this team. They're not wildly efficient at scoring the basketball, but they are pretty efficient. They played in the ACC, which has three number one seeds this year. They have beat some very good teams this year, including Michigan State. So there would be another one of your storylines if you're looking for storylines for the NCAA that they've got there. So I think it's going to be a very challenging matchup for Minnesota. I think I would have much preferred to switch with Oklahoma or to switch with Seton Hall if I had if I was Richard Pitino. If you're, you know, going to uh, outline how Minnesota would get a win on Thursday in Des Moines, what do you think the most likely route to that would be? I don't foresee Minnesota winning any game for the rest of this season that does not involve big performances from Amir Coffey, Jordan Murphy, and a player to be named later. In the Big Ten tournament, that player to be named later was Dupree McBrayer. It was, it's been Gabe Kelscher throughout the year. I think if Gabe Kelscher is having a really solid game and Amir Coffey and Jordan Murphy are scoring a lot of points, that would be generally a recipe for success for Minnesota. So that's, as a broad point, I think that's going to have to happen. In addition to that, Minnesota is going to have to get out on transition because in transition, this is a very good basketball team. In the half court, not so much. On top of that, they are going to have to get fouls. One of the nice things about playing in the NCAA tournament is that you no longer have Big Ten officials, which usually means that there's a little bit less physicality that's accepted. For how Minnesota likes to play, that might be quite helpful because they really like drawing fouls, which means if they get some referees that are very happy to blow the whistle early on, that kind of luck in terms of the the exogenous factors of the game, so who you're going to get, will be the thing that I think they'll need to do. The final thing they'll have to do is uh, really play that kind of lockdown defense. The team has the capability of playing. We saw it for sort of extended periods of time against Purdue, actually, where even when Minnesota was not scoring, Purdue was unable to do very much on the offensive side of the ball. If those four things occur, Minnesota, I think, pulls off an upset. But note that those are four things that have to occur, and all of them are kind of difficult on their own. And I don't think Minnesota has played a single game this year that was not the Indiana game for which all four Four of those occurred in the same game. So what I am taking from what you're saying is when we get to predictions, you know, unless you're homering it, you're probably not going to uh, predict Minnesota. 
but we're almost we're not there we're not quite there yet uh stockman uh, obviously matt stockman uh was out uh against michigan um i'm sure you know given that it was concussion like symptoms you have to worry that he's possibly out uh thursday as well do you think given louisville's style of play that his absence would be a, a significant factor for minnesota certainly from a height perspective he'll be missed stockman has the ability to get some points so you're losing points offensively from the center predi- uh, position jordan uh mercy is many th- jarvis Immersa, sorry um is many things but i don't know if i would go so far to say that he's an offensive juggernaut so you're losing some bench points on that front stockman's defense can be quite serviceable if he's playing a player who's very physical perhaps a little bit less so ultimately though the team is running really about five players for most of the basketball game and the major reason why it would be nice to have stockman back would be if any of those players get into foul trouble you have some depth in that regard so basically no we'll be fine as long as we don't get in foul trouble yeah to be clear, if Jordan Murphy is on the bench for a long period of time, it doesn't really matter who's playing the five. It is also the case that Daniel Oturo has had a lot of really great offensive performances this year and a lot of really great defensive performances, and he has had quite a few games where he's looked like a freshman and has been subbed out pretty often as a result. One of the things that Stockman has brought and one of the nice bits over the last couple of weeks that he's been playing because of Eric Curry's injury is that Matt Stockman can come in and you still have someone who can score points from that five position. So you still have the high-low available. You have a player who can step out and hit sort of an 11 to 13 footer. So your spacing works a little bit better if you want to try and put Murphy in on the low post. All of those are really really big positives. On the defensive end, Matt Stockman is not a rim protector in any realistic sense but he is seven feet tall and that is helpful all right predictions time uh who do you have uh, and to be clear you can feel free to change this later in the week we're going to do this as the instant prediction that doesn't count for very long uh who do you have in the matchup of minnesota versus louisville my initial prediction is that louisville wins this game but it'll be close because it's in march all right, and I'm just going to go full homer and say I want Minnesota to win a game because, God, feels like – because it was, tw- what, 2013 the last time they won a game in the NCAA tournament? Tubby's last year. Yep, and that feels like – honestly, that feels like 10 years ago. It's obviously still not close. It's been six years, but it feels a up. lot – it feels a lot longer than that, honestly. So I'm just going to go full homer. I have no explanation or reasoning other than – I'm a Minnesota fan, and I think that's sufficient. So, My last prediction that I want to be true is I want Gardner-Webb to beat Virginia. Yes. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm, I'm very, very here for Gardner-Webb beating Virginia. So we're all going to be on the blog. Very large Gardner-Webb fans expect lots of Gardner-Webb-related content. I mean, not for me. I'll just go, yay, Gardner-Webb. That's as far as my content goes this week. But from from street here, expect nothing but Gardner-Webb the rest of the way. Maybe a little Minnesota mixed in. All right. Well, that's uh, going to 
bring to the close this real quick edition of Great Takes Less Filling. We're going to have a lot more for you uh, this week in the Sky U podcast. A lot more in-depth on Minnesota's chances, bigger, deeper looks at the rest of the bracket, uh, and probably some complaints about the net because, damn it, the net is stupid. It is hot garbage. Hot garbage is the net. Uh, Until then, go Gophers. Sky U Ma, row the boat. (laughs) Thank you.